like a, a sadomasochistic relationship. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which uh, I think t- Chad heard the tail end of that. So hi, Chad. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is ELH bringing you yet another adventure with the Star Trek Kasumi group. We're in now, actual... what lubricant do you use again? No, stop it. <gasps> we we're an actual play group that is using the Star Trek Adventures rule set by Modifius Entertainment, and we are one of those rare games that is set in the Lost Era, aka the era between uh, TOS and TNG. So, good stuff there. I don't really have much in the way of announcements other than to basically give a shout out that uh, if you are in the lookout for another Star Trek game to play as a player, uh, there is applications for lesser halls. Yes, I am totally original. Um, Lesser Hall application should be available on my Twitter and my Discord. And probably sometime tonight, tomorrow, I'll be setting up a Fallout 2D20 application for Thursdays. Um, So if you want to play Fallout 2D20 and you want to... I don't want to spoil the plot quite yet, but let's just say it's going to be something concurrent, but also not crossoverable with Motley Heights at the moment, if you get my drift. Um, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, that application will no, go up tonight or next, probably tomorrow, probably tomorrow. Anyways, enough for me. Let's get everybody to introduce themselves and then we can get started. Uh, starting with you, Hex. Hello, I am Professor Hex. Uh, I play uh, Captain Giasakaya, uh, the uh, space's most Scottish crippled individual. Um, and... I um, I'm sorry. Can we just circle back because I, I really want to get the name of that the brand of that lubricant from Peter. Um, it's just goose it's, grease. It's good it's for the skin, good. as Leonardo da Vinci reminds us. <clears throat> so, like, is it like foie gras? Is that I just sort of slather some foie gras on there? Or? I'm ducking out of this conversation now. Introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm Alex. I am playing <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Zarin Taral, the ship's Elorian Chief of Security. So far, no crippling disabilities for my character. Yet, yes. Like I said, so far. So far, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll join the club eventually. You're one complication away from a horrible maiming. Yes. Speaking of disabilities, um, my name is Matthew. I'm, I do not have any kind of exceptionality, but my character, Dr. Talia Shrev, the civilian science consultant, is an Andorian slash Enar. So she is technically physically blind, but sees through a combination of ocular implants and her innate Enar telepathy. And I'm Peter. I play the Denobulan chief of the boat, Nabok, who is currently not metal. For, as chat keeps observing. Let's uh, let's see what happens today. And I know I do already have an evil complication from chat, but uh, you know what's uh, what's the worst that can happen? I say is we're probably going to see so many complications tonight. But uh, yeah, I believe Nabok, you have an opening log of sorts. Cobb's log supplemental. After a somewhat interesting first contact with Praetor Katox, we discovered that the ecor-like substance that we had discovered on the Skyhook had mutagenic properties, meaning that it turns organic material into a sort of living metal. 
Apparently, the Praetor himself was once an organic being, along with around 2,000 others. Unfortunately, our attempts to negate the effects of the compound eventually proved ineffectual, with not only the three of the four environmental suits degrading, but mine becoming compromised. The captain, Dr. Sharev, and Commander Taral were beamed to a shuttle to continue quarantine outside of the hazardous environment. Meanwhile, I and the Praetor began, with some advantageous help from Dr. Rell, to research what we could about the process. The shuttle team apparently went to investigate the planet's surface to see what more we could learn. They even managed to bring back a piece of monotanium from the skyhook itself, which but I'm not sure how they were able to obtain it. Uh, apparently it has some effect on the Ecor compound. Seems to be positive for our purposes, but only time will tell. Another thing of note would be that apparently my Denobulan physiology has some capability in combating this compound. Normally the process would take mere minutes, but I have been exposed for around 45 minutes with no discernible adverse effects. After we extracted some of my T-cells for analysis, the Praetor injected them into himself. This caused the whispers in the back of my mind to end immediately and had some effect on the Praetor. What that means, as of yet, I am not sure. But I believe that we are close to solving this crisis. Ah, in other news, the lavatories on this deck seem to have been repaired, so at least someone has completed their task for the day. End log. Nice. You may have a momentum for that opening log. So where we're going to join our intrepid group of individuals is over the surface of the planet, or what's fares is the surface of the planet. As a reminder, it is technically supposed to be a gas giant, but beneath the clouds is a hellish landscape full of crackling lightning, metal spires, blood-red oceans of oil, and generally hell, or purgatory, whichever you'd prefer to call it. And we sort of see the shuttlecraft, the Type 6, that most of the crew is currently in, the senior crew anyway, as you're flying above the ocean of oil. Now, the complication is going to be as you start to descend towards the oil in proper, what's going to happen is your left impulse engine is going to start sputtering. It's not going to cause you to crash but it will make all navigational and maneuverable rolls from this point forward a plus one difficulty. Fine. Uh, Captain, again, uh, this is probably not my... <sighs> I'm just going to come out and say it bluntly. Why didn't we secure another shuttlecraft rather than the one that had been tossed about inside the skyhook? Uh, well, Doctor, um, there is such a thing as uh, presenting a, a sporting challenge, and um, I believe this um, bruised but uh, otherwise valiant vessel uh, ought to do the trick rather nicely. Besides, the all can take care of it, can't you? Oh, of course, Captain. And besides, more than just that, if this one was already compromised, it keeps us from having to run another one through decontamination as well. As I understand it, that would be the Cobb's responsibility, wouldn't it? I think he has enough problems at the moment then to deal with two shuttles for decontamination. 
then I can understand the decision. I appreciate the clarification on Starfleet procedures. Right, yeah, Starfleet protocol, exactly. Mm-hmm. What, Captain, why did, why did you say it like that? Oh, I, I don't... Um, uh, 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 Tunnel, what's that? That would be the ocean. Yes, I, I can see the bloody ocean. I mean that. It's in it. The floating thing. I don't know. Let me run a scan. Go ahead and run me a uh, reason and science, and the shuttle will assist you with a sensor science. Difficulty of one. Uh, my absolute worst attribute and discipline. Mm-hmm. That just means more fun for me. All right, so no help from the shuttle. Of course not. I mean, it's only rolling under a five. The shuttle isn't that great. I can I can still be bitter. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Right, ladies and gentlemen, start ah. the counter. We're at one already. Mm. Well, ah, technically this... two, but... It's truly right. as hell. I hate the shuttle. I hate it. <laughs> I see that you agree with me now. Starfleet protocols and regulations be damned. We should have taken the other shuttle. So we should have just parachuted down to the surface. I think the complication is going to be that when you activate your sensors, you ping quite briefly, not enough to get actually meaningful data back, but it also causes a power loss in the shuttle momentarily, so you drop like 20 feet closer to the ocean. Let's not do that again. No, let's not do that. Let's go back in time and prevent us from doing that in the first place. Can we go back far enough that we never came here to begin with? Ah, oh, great, great idea. That's why we keep you around. That's why we pay you the big latinum. Actually, well, my area specialization may not be temporal mechanics. I believe that would create some kind of hideous paradox that would unravel the temporal fabric of the universe, given that we, if we never came here, we would never be here in order to go back in time to prevent ourselves from going here, creating a causality loop that would, you know, unravel space-time in its entirety. At least that's theoretically what would happen. But if we never came here, then there'd never be the need to go back. We wouldn't be here in the first place. That's not how time travel works. Although, given your heritage, perhaps you're the one who should be educating me. <sighs> okay. Um, let's stow that for now. Mm. And um, let's try to... Um, gather some more information from the hill planet so that we can save our chief of the boat from becoming a statue. Yeah? Wait, he Good. wouldn't really be a statue. He'd just be a It's a, a bloody metaphor, doctor. He, he would be perfectly fine. This, this condition is not life-threatening. It, it's a turn of phrase, okay? All right? Captain, not that I... 
I mean you any disrespect, but you employ quite a few of these colorful, typically Terran metaphors that would confuse the members of your crew who, and uh, people such as myself who are not of that species. So perhaps you could refrain from using such kind of confusing terminology in the future. You're, you're right, Doctor. I could. Or you could just get on the bike, right? And start pedaling. And I think that Sharev is just going to sit back in her chair and ponder this expression as the shuttle continues on its way. Mm-hmm. So, how close do you guys want to get to the surface of the ocean? Let's just skim that sucker. So, are we talking a few feet, a few inches? I mean, you have conceivably attitude control for the moment. Maybe a hundred meters. 100 meters? Okay. So, uh, what I'm wondering now is, should I be evil, or should I just give this to you? Uh, Mm. uh, Be evil. Be evil? Okay. Look at where we are. Yeah, this is true. So, uh, Peter, I'm going to ask you something here. If I were to tell you I need the sound of a demonic space whale, do you think you could deliver? Maybe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You manage a demonic space whale as I do this description. I'll give you momentum. But here's your lead in. As you guys get closer to the surface of this somewhat still ocean, what you notice is that object that the captain pointed out earlier is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's not because you're getting closer it's because whatever it is is getting closer to the surface and right at the moment where um you're like oh god is it gonna hit us a literal whale of white bony metal comes launching out of the ocean with its mouth completely (laughs) agape there you go completely agape in the direction of the shuttle so it is coming towards you. What would you like to do? Evasive maneuvers. I. All right. So, Commander Troll, this is going to be an opposed roll, and I'm going to do the nice thing. I'm going to roll first for the whale, and then that way you know what difficulty you have to beat. So, I'm not going to give the whale uh, any additional dice. I think just 2d20 is sufficient. Uh, you have to get a difficulty of two after accounting for the engine complication I mentioned earlier. So that means you're going to have to give me a daring and a con, and the shuttle will assist you with an engine's con. We're going to get Pinocchio'd real hard. Jonah. Jonah. Well, sure. If, you know. I'm going to use three momentum for an extra two dice. Okay. To each their own. Let's just purgatory hell. You know, you're right. It is it is more fitting, more apropos. You're right. I helm focus would apply. Hey, look at that. That's six successes. Very nice. So you get what is that? Four momentum back. I think you're a cap, if I count correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Troll, you easily sort of back the shuttle off and spin it out of the way so that the whale, the mouth kind of closes where you once were. And then the whale sort of belly flops back into the ocean and disappears beneath the the surface of the water or oil or blood or whatever it is. (sighs) 
up the 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 captain will put her hand on uh, uh, Tyrol's shoulder. Good on you. Good. Is that an indigenous life form to this planet? Uh, well, how, um, I don't think we should. Uh, I, I, I don't think we should land and uh, uh, ask for its immigration papers. Doctor, you might be able to get a scan better than I could. Maybe uh, that will give us some clue. Yes, uh, of course. Um, and Sherev will man the sensor console and attempt to get some kind of scan of the creature to determine whether, I mean, where it's going, its patterns, where it's been coming, where it came from, mm -hmm. um, and I suppose its constitution and makeup. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, uh, hold on. Um, right. Uh, let's check the power couplings before we do that. Because you remember what happened last time we used the sensors? I don't have any engineering experience, Captain. I, I couldn't assist you with that. Oh, no. When I when I say we, I mean Toral. Well, I used the console up here to my left. If the doctor does it, she's going to be using the consoles back there by her. Yes, I understand how dimensions work space and time yeah I, I i got that if it's a if it's a uh, a shuttlecraft wide power issue uh, it's all right take us up all right a considerable distance so that if we fall we don't end up in the mouth of that bone metal whale thing i follow uh trial will just pile them a little further up into the air Noted. All right, Dr. Shrav, you're going to give me a reason science assisted by the shuttle's sensors science. Difficulty of two. I will spend one die to, uh, or one uh, momentum to roll three dice, mm -hmm. and sensor operations, I assume, would apply. Would definitely apply. See, there you go. That's already five successes. Let's see if the shuttle gets you anything more, because that's, that's a lot of momentum extra. That's easily two advantages you guys could make for yourself. The game is just being condescending at this point. That's that's what it feels like. Mm. What was the shuttle rolling? Uh, sensors and science. And it looks like the shuttle will maybe help you? Question mark? Okay, there you go. Seven successes. So by my count, you have five floating momentum. And you, of course, as a science officer, also get a free question. But definitely spend that five floating momentum. Definitely create at least yeah. one advantage with it. But here's what you get first. So the whale, interestingly enough, is actually almost a dead ringer for a actual whale from Earth. As in like a blue whale or I forget the specific type of whale that's in uh, Star Trek Four, But it's one of those types of whales. So it has somehow been transplanted to this planet and been converted by the Icker on this planet. Um, what you're also noticing is that the creature seems to be still whale-like in that it's not its not like a shark. It doesn't eat meat, at least. It doesn't, like, you know, deliberately eat things, if, if, if you're getting my sense. It's very much a filter feeder where it just sort of opens its mouth and uh, skims a bunch of sort of the smaller fish and the smaller sort of zooplankton, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Demon krill. 
Yeah, there you go, Krill. That was the thing I couldn't remember the name of. Um, but basically, now that you know to look for things like that, you are seeing a rather vast uh, ocean ecosystem that is being subsisted within the Ichor. And that's what you get for your base success. Remember, you do get at least one free question. Captain, I don't know how this is possible, but there's an entire ecosystem under there. It's I'm detecting life forms that appear to be infected versions of creatures from, well, Earth. I can't explain it. Is it conceivable to get some kind of DNA sample from these creatures and examine them at a, a, a more minute level? See if their um, immune system or their circulatory system or something can give us some kind of clue as to um, reversing the, the chief's condition? I don't believe that there's any way to do so with the shuttle. We might be able to beam something back to the uh, Kasumi herself. Maybe not with the shuttle, but... Okay. Uh, LH. Mm -hmm. Now that we're through the gas layer, mm -hmm. right? I assume that the shuttle gave us like atmosphere readings. Right? It did. How is the atmosphere down here, other than uh, shitty? Well, I was just going to say shitty, but um, it's more or less a Class Y environment, meaning you could go out for a little bit, but you probably don't want to spend your vacation here. Okay, so it's not going to set, say, my skin immediately on fire. I mean, you're oh. still technically in an EV suit, so yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. So here's... So, okay, so... Here's what we're going to do. Let's go back down to the surface of the ocean, right? We'll use uh, one of our receptacles on the ship, uh, on the on, on the shuttlecraft, to get a, a, a bio sample, get some of uh, the krill, the zooplankton, the uh, uh, that sort of thing, and we'll get that. We'll bring it back to the ship, and we'll be able. Well, we might be able to analyze it right here. That will involve a, opening the door, though. I have a rather unorthodox suggestion, Captain. We know from it. Captain Kirk's experience with the humpback whales, George oh. and Gracie, that... Here we go again. Sorry, wait, wait. I've, um, I've read the, the logs. I, I'm familiar with um, uh, Kirk's uh, particular brand of... Um, command go ahead uh, thank you I, I appreciate the leave um, we know that whales of this particular species are possessed of phenomenal intelligence and the ability to communicate in complex terms with well the alien probe that approached earth if we could communicate with this whale we might actually convince it to surface and aid us we could take a genetic sample from it right off the surface of the uh, sea, for lack of a better term. It might also be able to provide us with some kind of information about its surroundings. Well, now, you 
need to be careful, Doctor, because you're at a grave risk of sounding like a Starfleet officer. I didn't suggest shooting it, so I don't see oh, how. All right, all right. You, okay, you try to give a compliment, and then you see what happens. Can you believe this? I'm staying out of this. Hmm. Right, well, perhaps we can do some sort of subsonic or uh, a wavelength of some kind that would be able to... Yeah, let's call to the whale. Why not? All right, so again, you have five floating momentum. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. Um, In terms of momentum spends, I was thinking of creating an advantage regarding perhaps the whale's sonar Mm -hmm. so that we could use that to determine the, I don't know, the density of the liquid and its properties as it pertains to sonar so that we could refine our sensors in this uh, viscous environment. Let it happen. Make it easier for you to scan. So that's advantage one. Any questions that we want to pose about the results of the scan? This, yeah, uh, let's see. Is there any way to determine the age of the whales? How long they've been there? Yeah, that might give us a good idea to try and date and see conceivably. We'd be able to narrow down how they could have gotten there. Yeah, so even if this is all right, a little more generally, can we assess their chronometric signatures, which would indicate to us if they've been displaced in time and or how long they've been here or both? So believe it or not, they are probably about 200 years old, which obviously normal whales don't live that long, but this whale after conversion apparently has. That leaves you two momentum for either two questions or one advantage. Alex, did you have something? Maybe use those last two to create an advantage of being able to stabilize the shuttle's propulsion. That can certainly happen, yeah. There you go. I was also thinking... Is there some way that we could modify the subtle shielding that would enable it to actually function in the uh, this icor? I mean, oil. it is yeah. it is something yes. you could do, but I would tell you straight up front that you would start needing to track shield. And right now, the shuttlecraft only has one shield remaining. So, fair nice. enough. So good news, though, as you create all these advantages, you fix the shuttle, you get sensor scans, you start to get a baseline for information that's going to help Nabok, which is where we're going to go back. So we return to the lounge on the Kasumi, where, again, it is Nabok and the Praetor uh, working together, doing their best to do anything uh, that they can think of uh, under the guidance of the CMO via comms. And at this point, the Praetor is going to look at you, Nabok, and sort of say, I uh, I must say it's it's weird hearing silence whenever you and I are not talking. Um, usually there's sort of a voice in the back of my head that's no longer there. I had noticed that change with the... Uh... With, with once the injection happened, though, I would imagine it's more alarming for you than it is for me. 
As long as I can be here, I've heard it, so yeah. Um, tell me, um, I don't, I don't know why this comes to mind. And you sort of see confusion on their face, best as you can tell. Like, there's sort of the, the lowered eyebrows, the kind of, you know, narrowed eyes. And they seem to be recalling something or something in their past. And they say, uh, I used to, I used to be something. Not a doctor, but something medical related. Um, maybe we should try another T-cell injection? Possibly. I mean, if it seems to be making a, a, an effect, um, with me, did we get a scan to see if it was affecting your uh, physiology, though? Because we don't want it to have negative effects. I uh, not kill I don't, you. I don't think we've done that yet. No. Well, well let's do that first. Um, I'd, ra I'd rather that you survived this ordeal. So, Nabok, I need you to roll me a Reason Medicine difficulty of one. Reason Medicine. Okay. Look at that. Two successes. So that means you have a floating momentum to ask a question with. So what you're going to notice, Nabok, is you compare the last scan of the Praetor with the one you just take. And you see that part of the brain structure, obviously he's an alien of some sort, you don't really have a full comprehension, but you know enough to tell that a certain region of the brain has deactivated. And it's a portion of the brain that was not part of his original anatomy, if you get where I'm going with this. Okay. Well, it does seem to be making some sort of positive effect and not any negative on your naturally occurring biology. So we might be able to do, it might not be a bad idea. Um, if the question that I would like to ask you would be, um, so I, we know that it has an effect on one part of the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, is there any sort of other change in the surrounding uh, brain tissue? I would say yes, actually. So the best metaphor I can think of is, you know how when you cut grass, you sort of leave a patch in the middle? Like if you do the edges and you circle the way in, you sort of have that sort of tall grass in the middle where you tend to run out of gas halfway through and then you have to track back and forth. I'm getting on a tangent. Anyway, imagine that the section of the brain that is supplemental is that tall section of grass and you've simply run out of gas to push your lawnmower further. And if you need me to explain further than that metaphor, I certainly can. I think I get it. Um, all right. Well, if you're amenable to it, Praetor, we can give it another try, but we don't want to overdo it. Well, I, at this point, I think it's not just my life on the line. It's 2,000 people down on the planet. So let's do it. Fair enough. I, let's do this. All right. Um, and I'm going to... Uh, Get my comm badge and alert Dr. Rell that this is what we're attempting again. So he's in the loop. So Nabok, very important role. I need you to do a daring medicine, difficulty of four. And if you have anything related to xenobiology, if you have anything related to infectious diseases, virology, 
like pitch me anything you think we could could fit because it is a difficulty of four here. The only thing I've got is emergency medicine, and I don't think that. Yeah, applies. unfortunately, it's not. I mean, it technically is an emergency, but it's not like emergency emergency medicine, if you know yeah. what I mean. It's not a dire emergency. Uh, Though you do have determination, that is something you do have. Yes. Um. Well, let's do a point of determination then. Okay. What value are you tapping? Um. Mistakes are the first step to better solutions because we've run into a couple roadblocks. Um, sure. So I'll and... give you two free successes to start. Okay. And then if I could use... How, much, how, how many much more dice do you want? One or two? Two. Then it would be five momentum. Okay. So then... So I'll be rolling four dice and it's mm -hmm. daring medicine. You got it. nothing <laughs> alright I see three successes there now one thing we can do here is you could challenge a value to use determination to re-roll or you could somehow get in contact with the captain and since the captain would then be in communicate uh, communicable ability with you the captain could give you her determination um, or I could give you a complication. Hmm. You know what? Let's go with the complication just for grins and giggles. <laughs> we already create enough of those ourselves. We do. We do. But, you know, makes things more interesting. All right. So you are able to you know, take a sample of your T-cells, inject it into the Praetor. And to complete the metaphor from earlier, you watch as your T-cells more or less finish cutting the grass and segmenting that portion of the brain that was added on off. However, the complication is going to be that the moment the last neuron is severed, the portion of the brain literally falls off into the man's skull and he begins stroking out on the floor. Oh. Well, now comes emergency medicine. Yeah. And I think Dr. Rell goes, ah, it's, you, you know surgery, right, Nabok? You know how to use, a, use a, a scalpel? I have some, with a laser scalpel, yes, some skill. All right, well, you're going to need to cut that thing out and get rid of any bleeding. All right, I'll, I'll do my best. This is what I was training it for, so... All right, so this is going to be another difficulty of four, but this time you still get your uh, emergency medicine focus. Ray. Uh, I see. I, I see. So take every situation and make it worse until emergency medicine becomes yeah. applicable. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Could I suggest something? Go yes. for it. In order to leverage another focus and probably an area that you're stronger in with your engineering, could you somehow beam that material out of his uh, skull? Beam out the affected area? You sort could. Of like it would be a difficulty transport? of five, but it would be uh, easier technically to get successes. And you would get an assist from the ship. That is the other benefit. Hmm. Oh, the ship. The, the great and powerful <laughs> Don't do ship. That. 
Don't do that. Ignore that. Ignore that <laughs> okay. suggestion. Uh, how much momentum do we have left? Just one? One. Oof. Well, at least I can get the one. We can use one die, I guess. You could also if, give him two threat. Let's do that. That's your rolling four dice total. Okay. And I have a focus. Look at that. You get five successes. Very nice. So you actually get that momentum right back. And yeah, so Nabok, I'd like to imagine, as you sort of kneel down next to the uh, Praetor, you sort of stabilize him. And then once his head is not twitching around, you very deftly and very skillfully uh, just sort of make an incision. You pull out the floating section. You do a little suturing uh, using the equipment in the emergency medical kit. Seal his skull back up run a dermal regenerator and all is well the praetor gets back up after maybe about five minutes and goes i'm starting to remember things i'm starting to remember a lot of things I'm, though i don't know why i'm on the floor why, why am i on the floor there was a um complication with your uh mental recovery um oh the, the affected um uh Part of your brain literally fell off. Oh. Um. I. I feel like that's weird, but um, but you know what's yes. more weird? He points at your hand. Was your hand always like that? And yeah, now that you look at your hand, uh, your fingertips are metal. Well. At least that answers the question of whether or not I'm fully immune. Well, I, I think we're on to something. Maybe maybe the rest of your crew is doing better than we are. And I'd like to imagine at this point, as we go back to the shuttlecraft crew, uh, how are you guys doing at this point? Uh, you, uh, you doing all right? That's a good question. But yeah, so last I understand, you were trying to communicate with the whale, I believe. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. So let me ask you this. Uh, does anyone have any language focuses here? Anything related to Universal Translator? Anything of that nature? Um, <laughs> this, okay. This is no, a stretch. Um, I have... Exopsychology. Mm hmm. And cultural studies? You know what? I mean, it is a stretch, but I've allowed crazier things in the past, so why not? So okay. I'm going to let you do a control and a command. Difficulty oh, of Christ. three. Okay. And the shuttle will assist you with a communications and command. Okay, I want to buy another dice. Okay. Use that momentum. All right. 3D20. We've got the focus. Here we go. Look at that. All right. That's four. All the shuttle has to do is not complicate things. That's all it has to do. Let's yeah, just, we'll just, see about that. Just, just don't roll a 20 shuttle. I believe in you. And again, it is uh, communications and uh, command for the shuttle. As everybody races to not roll it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hands are off. 
Okay. All right. Not a complication. We're good. So you actually get that momentum back. Uh, yeah, right. Kaya, what do you want to say to the whale? Um, I will say, um, is there, because of converting our sort of, you know, uh, 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 in English, I guess, for lack of a better word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, converting that into like grammar and syntax and everything that the whale would be able to understand. You're basically going to sing be- to the whale. Yeah. Does it benefit me to use like by or monosyllabic words as opposed to like what I would tell you is the more simple your message is, the more chance it'll come across the way you want it to. Okay. Then, uh, the captain will say, hello. Um, we come in peace. Can you help us? All right. So as you press send, the shuttlecraft, and you all hear it through the hull, you hear it sort of doing a whale song into the ocean. And after a moment, you see that sort of metal object begin to come up. There you go. You start to see that metal object come to the surface again, only this time, instead of leaping at you, um, what happens is the back of the whale just comes up, and it comes just enough out of the water so that its big old eyes can kind of look up at you. And then it sings back, and the Universal Translator is able to tell you that it says, what can I help you with? Right, okay. So, Doctor, what do you think would be of the most help for us now? Uh, uh, I mean, Within this just, whale's particulars, of course. I, I believe our first priority should be securing a cure for... Uh, the cob and the people who are trapped on this planet. So perhaps right, ask right. if it will allow us to take a sample from it. It, it won't be harmed. Right. Um, okay. Uh, we'd like to take a part of you, a small part, to help us save lives. I'm going to let it happen without a roll. The whale replies, uh, saying... You don't appear to have arms. Or flippers. Right. Well, we are smaller creatures inside the big one. So, do you, and do we you need do me to eat the bigger arms. creature? No, no, absolutely not. No, that, that that's fine. Thank you. Um, just allow our... our Shaman, um, what is uh, God? What do we call you, scholar? Um, just allow our person to take a tiny little piece of your skin, and that's it. Go ahead. Great. All right, draw. If you'll uh, get down there and have a close to the uh, the body. All right, Thrall, because I feel like picking on you, I need you to make me a control and a con difficulty of one. The shuttle will assist you with an engine's con. Just one, we just need one success and no complications. That's all you have to do. That's it. The shuttle will make a roll. We don't say assist, because that implies that it's helpful. 
Listen, it, Law of Averages says the shuttle has to help you eventually. There, two successes. Okay, all right, shuttle, engines con. All right, and not a, not help, but not a complication, so you get a momentum. And yeah, I'd like to imagine that you get closer and closer to the surface, and the back of the shuttle opens up, and sort of carefully moving down the ramp is Dr. Shrev. And the shuttle lowers enough that you don't quite walk out onto the creature's back as you kind of like kneel at the end of the ramp and just sort of take a hypo spray and just kind of take a sample or do you want to take something more than the hypo spray or will a hypo spray do i think that a hypo spray would suffice but if there's some way that i could also take a sampling of the metallic compound mm -hmm. uh or uh the chitinous armor that it's uh, now composed of partially Give take me the that. two momentum, and we'll say that advantage, and you are able to take a sample. Uh, no, we'll keep those two momentum, because I don't think that'll necessarily be of assistance to us. Um, so with that tentative hand reaching out towards the creature, she examines and in fact admires the, the immensity of the creature before her. She's going to press the uh, hypospray to its back, and as she's withdrawing the sample, she's going to attempt to reach out to it telepathically mm -hmm. and convey not words, but a sentiment of appreciation and awe at the grandeur of the creature and its appearance. Um, and uh, then we'll remove the hypospray and return to the shuttle. Okay. So once the door is uh, settled in uh, and you have your sample, you're all ready to go. The whale says one more thing before diving beneath the surface again, and it simply says, your song is pretty. And then it sort of flips its tail, dives beneath the surface, and the last we see of the whale is a metallic tail. Uh, I think it's called a fluke, technically, but you see the fluke, and the whale is back into the ocean. Now, the complication is that uh, the chat just gave me. You also did get a momentum from chat. Uh, but Chad also redeemed a complication in that... Um, so it's good and evil? Uh, yeah, good and evil. Mm -hmm. um, remember how I said you all were in Eevee suits and it's like a class-wide environment out there? Mm -hmm. Well, with all the hits this shuttle has taken, you're not able to restore a Class M atmosphere. And your Eevee suits were already kind of degrading, but now they're degrading a lot faster. Is it... Just me, or is it getting a lot less oxygenated in here? I'm setting course to return to the Kasumi. Yeah. On the double. Doctor, and... do you have what you need? And she'll look down at the hypo spray, almost shocked that she has it in hand. Uh, yes, yes, Captain, I, I do. Um, I should be able to begin running scans on it and. Uh, Perhaps liaise with Nabok when we return to the ship. Excellent. Let's get the hell out of hell. So we're now going to return to the lounge where I'm going to say narratively we're ahead maybe about 10, 15 minutes after your arrival on the shuttle. So Shrev, you've had time to run a sensor scan. You've had time to work with the doctor. And... What I would need you to do as we start to enter the scene, because this is all information that the doctor is going to be relaying to Nabok. Um, so, Shrev, I need you to roll me a reason and a science, and the Kasumi will assist you with a computers and science. 
And the difficulty on this will be a three. The Kazumi will spit in our face, you mean? I, I feel like the Kazumi actually has very decent stats. Let me look at that. There you go. Got you, got you two successes. So lazy. Nice. Only at the last minute. The ship is just trying to put us at ease before it, you know, jumps in. <laughs> before it, before there's a warp core breach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, internet connection dropped there. Who was uh, doing a roll for what? You are doing reason science. And this is to analyze the sample. Though if you uh, have a higher reason medicine, you may do that as well. Reason science it is, and I'll give you one die to, uh, or one momentum to roll an extra die. And as you do that, I will say hello to our raiders. Hello, Table of Horrors. Welcome, raiders. We're playing Star Trek Adventures right now. Feel free to kick back and enjoy our little Star Trek adventure. But yeah, uh, let's see. With that many successes, that's five successes overall, which gets you quite a lot of momentum, actually. Uh, that gets you two momentum back. What you're going to realize is that much like how a autoimmune disease changes or attacks the body, so like AIDS, HIV, etc., um, you think you have a way to begin working against uh, the infection vector, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Captain, I'm not a medical doctor, as I've established already, but my analysis of this ichor seems to suggest that it compromises the immune system and renders an individual even more susceptible to its effects. It's a almost as if it's a disease within a disease, one that initially weakens the patient's immune system and another that follows up with the transformation into this uh, metamorphic property that it's imbued with. If we can address the initial condition by shoring up the immune system, we might be able to prevent it from developing the secondary effects. I see. Uh, you know, that sort of reminds me of an old... Um earth condition um are you familiar with uh, aids it was a condition that would uh, actually attack the immune system and leave it vulnerable to um a whole cascade of other terrible uh, diseases and conditions um it's it's just odd to me that we would find something like this out here in this frankly hellish landscape if it's... i didn't know any better it would seem to me that it would indicate, I don't know, some kind of malevolent force. Well, Captain, there is still that unexplained signal that leads directly into the oceans that seem to be yoked to the demonic creatures that were encircling the ship, the drones. And they still are, by the way. They're still just sort of hovering out there menacingly. There is a strange wonder to their ugliness, though. Regardless, I think that if we're ever going to determine the source of this ailment, if not a cure, we do have to investigate that. Granted, but first, let's help out in the back. Right, let's get this information uh, transmitted uh, to uh, Dr. L and um, uh, see what we can do to uh, get the back uh, right as rain again. So, Nabak, Rel relays all of that, all of that information to you, and follows it up by saying, 
So basically, you just need to cure an autoimmune disease, which for you with your denobulin T cells, I know it's not again, it's not your area of expertise, but it's I can walk you through the process. Sounds like it should be rather straightforward. So, all right. So Nabok, important role to you not being metal, um, but let's see what happens. So this is going to be for you because Rel is helping you. This mm-hmm. is going to be a control medicine, and if somebody can get Rel, Rel is assisting with his own. Uh, let's actually make his a presence medicine. The difficulty on this will be a four, but the benefit is that if you succeed at a difficulty of four, you will stop the process. But I'll also offer a little bit of sweetness on the steel. If you instead take it at a difficulty of five and succeed, you will reverse the process. I think we're dodging the important question here, which is, is Nabok an anti-vaxxer? Oh, God. Let's not get into that, please. Oh, God. I mean, that's that's what we're doing, right? I mean, I mean kind of, yeah. System. I mean, basically. I will say that you can take the captain's determination now that you're in communication with her. That is so true. Yes. For momentum and uh, a determination to use, at difficulty five is certainly possible. And an assist yep. from the good doctor. Now, I, I don't have one marked on my sheet, but I think that was because we started a new session and I might not have... Yeah, I was going to say, everybody starts a session it. with one, so... Yeah, I, I, I don't recall using it in this uh, adventure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you definitely still have your determination. Okay, so let's do that. Um, okay, I use it. So that gives me... Two free successes. Um, okay. Now, unfortunately, emergency medicine does not apply here. No. Um, and we have four momentum. Correct. Okay. Um, Meaning I if you want to roll four dice, it would be the four momentum and one threat. What do you guys think? Go for it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do it. Make it happen. Okay, so four dice. All right, no focus. All right, that's already five successes. Does Rel get you an assist? And again, Rel is doing a pres- uh, presence in medicine on this one. You want to get that, Alex? I know you haven't uh, had too much in terms of rolling tonight. I'll let somebody else get this one. I'll do it. Okay. So, presence in medicine. Mm-hmm. One die, because he's assisting. One die. Uh... He does have a focus. Yeah, infectious diseases, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So apparently Rel Uh, isn't that helpful, but it's not a complication. But yeah, as promised, you went for the difficulty of five. Therefore, Nabok, when you have the cure, what do you do with it? Do you test it on yourself? Do you test it on the Praetor? Hmm. Put it in a lot of water. Make it a homeopathic yes. here. Dilute it. I'm going to look at the uh, the Praetor and be like, I, I think we have a cure. Um, I'm thinking to test it on myself, but if you would like to be the one to try it. um, No, you're the one turning into me or version of you. You're the one that needs to be cured here at the moment. 
All right, I just figured I would leave it as an option. Um, and I'll take the hypospray. And... Right. So immediately you taste the color purple. Now I'm not gonna describe what that means because, you know, tasting a color, what? But as that strange sensation kind of plays over your senses, you look down at your hands, your fingertips, and they begin to like feel like they're on fire, but not in a harmful way, like not in a painful way, almost like a, a pleasant burning sensation, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And you watch as the me- metal almost forms like a coating over your fingers and then flakes off to reveal the s- normal, actual skin underneath. Well, that seemed to be effective. Dr. Rell, we seem to have made a breakthrough. Well, you still have those two fingers reversed, but yes. Oh, aesthetics. Well, with uh, with this cure in hand, I think we can technically have you leave quarantine. True. Um, might want to run a few scans and some decontamination first, but... Oh, of course, of course. Um, but yes, then we can see where to proceed from here. Um, and if we can leverage this cure for uh, the Praetor and his compatriots. And Rel sort of pauses for a moment and says... I'm a little bit concerned based on the preliminary data I'm getting from the internal sensor grid. Um, I'll explain it in the senior staff meeting we'll have in a bit, I suppose. Oh, all right then. And with that, we're going to transition away and we're going to take a five to ten minute break, but we'll be back shortly, everybody. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. If you're just tuning in, welcome to session five of Star Trek Kasumi. The players have more or less discovered the planet Purgatory, where all manner of hellish things are happening, but they finally managed to, shall we say, strike back against the virulent or, shall we say, evasive, not evasive, uh, invasive, uh, biological agents that has been converting people into metal. And that is where we are going to resume is in everybody, at least the senior staff, conjoining in the conference room after Nabok has gone through proper quarantine procedures and the doctor has cleared him. And at this point, um, I'm going to let you guys run your own meeting and I'll chip in with Rel as needed. Point of order, are we convening or conjoining? Because conjoining sounds like we'd have to surgically separate ourselves. You know what I meant. Well, I don't know, do I? We're all actually changelings. It's it's been pretty hellish so far. Oh, so we we each have our own bucket, is what you're saying. No, no, we're we're joining this the little link. Ah, the great link. Okay, all right. Early changeling invasion, that's all. All right. Thankfully, we've seemed to have turned the corner on this. Um, uh, Dr. L. Sharev, uh, how are the, um, how's the distribution and the effect of the, um, let's call it the cure, uh, doing for the Praetor and uh, their people? And Rel sort of scratches his head and says, I, uh, 
I mean, you know me, Captain. I'm a bully, and I like to be optimistic. But um, I think this is one of those situations where the cure would let these people leave the planet and not infect anyone else. But I think they're too far gone to reverse it like what would happen with Nabok. At least according to initial tests that I've run. Well, that's unfortunate, but at the very least, it lets them live their lives away from this this tortured landscape. I, I think well, that's worth it. There is also a catch, sir. As they receive the cure, they're going to go through the same process that the Praetor did, where we're going to have to excise a portion of the brain that has been added by whatever we want to call this disease, plague, whatever. Um, so we're going to need either a lot of medical personnel or we're going to have to do this slowly to maintain quarantine. Doctor, have you been able to ascertain the function of this new lobe of the brain or the series of neurological connections? Obviously, it pertains to the voice that they appear to be hearing. Does it grant them some low level of telepathy? What is its and functional that, purpose? And at that, he actually turns and motions at the one of the view screens or conference room screens that you can see. And what you kind of see on the view screen is a image of a radio that is transmitting like little waves into a brain. And he says, this uh, was the simplest way I could reduce it. Basically, the portion of the brain in question is both a transceiver and a receiver. Um, it enables the entity that has this portion of the brain installed to both receive commands from a larger entity, which I'm guessing is the signal we're detecting, and it allows it to transmit to the lesser entities out of the window. And for effect, he points out the window where there are still drones floating out there. then perhaps the solution is diplomatic rather than surgical. If there's an entity that's responsible for not just communicating with these individuals, but the creation of this infectious agent, if it could be persuaded to reverse its effects or let go its hold of them? That is if it wishes to talk to us at all. We it's won't know that until we, try. until we talk. That's right, Doctor. Worth a shot. Oh, speaking of, Chief, how do you feel? Well, I feel much improved. No metal. It's a rather interesting sensation. Not necessarily one that I would like to repeat. But seem to be doing all right now. I know exactly what you mean. I went on a roller coaster once and I swore off it never again. Mm, yes. Oh, sorry, Doctor. A roller coaster is a thing that it's basically like a carriage that's attached to, you know, some sort of track, right? And it goes very fast and puts G forces on you in a way that, you know, makes it uncomfortable and also fun and scary and kind of nauseating at the same time. Well, that is a really rather apropos description of many of our experiences on this planet, Captain. I will say, however, I have been on Earth. I do know what a roller coaster is. Oh, right. It's more the application of such a thing in a metaphor as opposed to 
the mere reference to it. And Rel just sort of face palms and says, "She's not seeing the forest for the trees." Oh no! Don't don't start. That's just nope. That's adding to the list. Let's all speak plain English here. No idioms, please. No metaphors. Let's just try to get through this meeting without Doctor Sherev's brain leaking out of the hurriers. But, but how can you not? If you're looking at the forest, how can you not see the trees? And there it is, right from the horse's mouth. Oh, sorry, Captain, that was an idiom. Are equines capable of speech? I didn't realize that was... Are they like whales? Have you found Nay. a way... Is this some other Starfleet mission? Nay. The probe that came to Earth in search of it, horses? Nabox just sitting there, like, half giggling to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a <laughs> is the shuttlecraft doing okay? Everything's fine? Repairs? Well, we've got some engineers on uh, giving it a good uh, once over and then some. So it should Great. be ship shape by the end of the day. Of course it will be ship shape. It's a ship. It's shaped like a right. ship. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, meeting adjourned. Um, I think we've done great work here. Um, let's, um, we'll talk, Dr. L, and we'll arrange um, a sort of humanitarian effort for the Praetor and these people and try to figure out the best way to manage this um, this diplomatic issue with the, um, the, the, the brain growth. Um, otherwise, the rest of you are uh, free to leave. Um, anytime. Enjoy your day. Are we not reaching out to whatever is in the ocean? No, no, we we are. We, we will. Oh. Yeah, I'll I'll get back to you. I just let's just all have a walk, and a think, right? I understand the laboratory's fixed. It is <clears throat> quite. They, they managed to fix it while we were dealing with more pressing matters. All right. So enjoy your private time. Point of order: Why are there so few laboratories on Federation vessels? Is that what is Starfleet's justification for this? Time management. Uh, it's it's all Greek to me. Ah, sh shit. No, don't. All right. No, never mind. Forget I said that. And Dr. Shrub just gets up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as Shrub is gone, Dr. L sighs and goes, oh, Lord, I don't know if I could have kept to get out of another moment, Captain. I'm sorry. Okay. Meeting readjourned. Um... <laughs> Right. Um, so, what would be the best way of going about? Um, should we broadcast the ship-wide signal towards the ocean? Are we, are we capable of doing that? Um, yeah. I mean, technically, I've got the frequency of the signal. It, we could reply on the same wavelength. Though, if that fails, we will need Doctor Shrev's telepathy. Yes, of course. Well, Nabak, if you'll. Uh, 
um, modify um, the ship in such a way that it will be able to transmit on that frequency, um, uh, that would be um, ideal. Right. Um, okay. Um, I think that Dr. Sharev has probably walked down the hallway enough, so I think we are safe to leave. Right. Meeting adjourned again. Right. All right. Oh, Lord. All right. As you open the door, you see that Dr. Sharev is just standing there, <coughs> staring at the door, waiting for you. <laughs> No! Oh! Ah, oh, shit, we forgot she sees with her mind, not her actual eye. Oh, God. The oh, door God. might as well be opaque glass to me. Oh, Christ alive. Um, no, he's not alive. Don't do that, Captain. Ah, uh, sorry. Um, I'm gonna run. Doctor okay, bye. And Dr. Rell just takes off running. Is this because of my constant comments about Starfleet, or... Do you just have some kind of antipathy towards me as an individual? Absolutely not, Doctor. This was, um, you know, this was a command from up top. They sent us a message. They said, try this psychological experiment of randomly letting one of your staff just leave the room. And um, it's it's just Starfleet rigmarole. The box is going to make a pulling motion in the background. <laughs> now, you know, that... That I understand, Captain, and she's just looking over his shoulder at uh, Nabok. That seems entirely in keeping with my perspective on Starfleet. Thank you for confirming it. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Right, well, I'm going to go get some tea, so see you later. Can I? I'll just get by you real quick. Thank you. And right. at last, she's just going to step aside. Right. And the the captain will like speed hobble as way as fast as possible. Eyes and antenna locked onto the captain as she is departing. And the draw just staying in the chair. I'm just sitting here. I'm not a part of this. That seems to be the wisest course of action, Commander. Uh, I'm not a part of this. Not this time. Not my horse. Not my show. Nabok looks to check that Dr. Shreve did not hear that. Dr. Shreve is just taking off down the hall, ignoring you both. All right. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to go to Theater of the Mind for this because we have to handle a couple things. The first is the humanitarian effort. Now, in the absence of Chad being evil, uh, what I'm going to say is that the humanitarian effort is actually going to go without a hitch, meaning that very easily you are able to arrange both doctors on hand to get rid of the uh, seizure-causing event, but also in a way that you are taking on the individuals from the planet in a way that does not break quarantine until you are absolutely sure that they aren't going to infect anyone. What I would say, though, is that there is one uh, area of difficulty, and that is the transmission to the entity or whatever's the greater signal. 
Right. For that, uh, I am going to need to know what does Kaya send uh, specifically, and do you do this on the bridge from your ready room? You know, where are you doing this from? Hmm. I don't think it's necessary to do it from the bridge. Um, I would probably, you know, um, what I would probably do is record the message in my ready room and mm. then forward it to um, Dr. Sharev and the chief and, and, you know, my senior staff, right? So that mm. they can review the recording and then say, okay, maybe we need to change this phrase or like, oh, you know, this is going to work or this isn't, maybe make this shorter, you know, and have a kind of a, um, a collaboration on this before it gets actually transmitted. Okay. And now, I think, narratively, uh, we'll just say yeah. that happens. I don't think we need to have an actual role. Um, but when you do send the message, what is it you say? Right. Um, well, we don't want to approach this from, a, from an aggressive standpoint. We want to negotiate. Um, Uh, I would say, you know, greetings. Um, we come in peace. Um, we wish to, um, allow our fellow beings to enjoy the freedom of movement and activity that we enjoy and so we ask you respectfully um, to enter a dialogue with us as to the signal if you will right um, and sort of that let that be the opening salvo and then see how the conversation evolves Roll me a presence and command. Do you have to fuse the tension? Let me actually look at your talents here real quick. I do not know. Uh, what do you got? Uh, you do have... Uh, da, 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 okay. So unfortunately, you wouldn't have any talents that would assist you, and you don't have veteran, unfortunately. Um, so it would be a presence command. Uh, you would have a focus in exopsychology. And I'm going to say the difficulty here is probably a four. Probably a four. Um, the ship could assist you with its communications and command. Or you could have one of the other senior staff assist them or assist you in their own way. You would just have to tell me how. Hmm. Well, this is kind of my wheelhouse, so I don't know who else on the senior staff would be particularly suited to help, apart from maybe Dr. Sharev. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that in TNG, we see Worf manning the communications console, so that might fall under the purview of our chief uh, security officer. True. 
Yeah. Um, maybe um, maybe Terrell might be able to. Sorry, Terrell um, might be able to assist from the console itself, right? You know, maybe in terms of like modulating the transmission to the point where it sounds to the entity's ears to be more um, uh, uh, appeasing. Relaxed. Yeah, but more the for a very like moderate like pleasing tone for instance that was okay. designed to diffuse tension right the difference between blasting hardcore death metal and regular rock and roll is that, is that an option because i'd like to do that instead we'll just play sabotage very loudly just very loudly all right so again presence command from you captain kaya uh trawl with your assist you're going to be doing a control and security your wheelhouse uh, again the difficulty here is a four and we don't have any we don't have any momentum, do we? Just give him sixth right. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> would I have a focus in Starfleet Protocol? You would. Alright, that's one success. Okay. That's Meaning me. that you would have to crit and then Kaya would have to take a complication in order to succeed here. All right, not a crit. So I think what that's going to mean is, unless you want a determination, that Kaya, you would have to challenge a value to get it back. I, I gave it to uh, Nabok. right, but if you challenge a value, you can get a determination back. Oh, that is true. Yes. Um, well, I have a value that perfection is a habit, mm -hmm. um, and I think in this case, uh, as much as it rankles her, I I, I think she will like ease her um, typical meticulousness when it comes to like first contact and maybe massage things in a way that's a little less a little less Starfleet and a little more sort of just pure negotiation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, what I would say is that uh, because I didn't bring it up initially, I'll let you just use your determination for the two free successes if that's what you want. Because otherwise you would re be rerolling 1d20 and you would have to give it a 5 or lower to succeed here. But it's that your call. That is true. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the straight way. I'm going okay. to reroll the 1 and see how it works. Alright. Let's see what happens. So, Let's see what the dice have to tell us. Presence command, 1d20, applicable focus. Here we go. All right. It tells us that that is going to be three successes, which means I can give you a success, but there is a complication. I'll allow it. All right. So you send off the signal, and what happens is all of the drones outside go stiff as a board like before they were kind of like moving back and forth just a little bit you know sort of floating a little bit but they go dead still and then after a moment you get a single word that just repeats one after another just in perpetuity and it's a single word and it simply is hunger and hunger is repeated over and over and over and over and the complication is trawl 
with you at Tactical, you are seeing that the drones are beginning to charge in terms of energy levels. Uh, Captain, it looks like those drones outside are getting ready to attack us. Right. Evasive maneuvers, and as soon as we get clear, let's hit warp. I mean, provided that... (laughs) Sorry, provided that everybody's on board. (laughs) That was what I was going to bring up, is you're still taking on people from the planet. It's not a very Ah, fast process. Shit. Um... (laughs) Yeah, okay, well, with that knowledge, um, belay that order. Um, Ray shields. Captain, if, if I may, we can return later if necessary once we've devised a solution to this problem. I mean, there's no reason to actually engage this entity. I don't plan on engaging it doctor i plan on surviving this long enough so that we can get all the refugees on board because there's no guarantee that if we come back later that those refugees will, be, will still be here troll you get a little chirp on your communications uh display one of your security officers is trying to tell you something but they need an open line though he might have frozen he froze for yep there he goes yeah. All right, well, we'll see if he comes back in the next couple minutes. Hopefully it's just a quick thing with his internet. While we're waiting for that, I'm going to look at the doctor and say, Doctor, is there any way you think that we could potentially use the signal that we were using to communicate, since it seems to be on the same wavelength as the um, drones? Is there any way that we could potentially countermand the command? Yes, that's that's ingenious. We could create a recursive feedback loop within the signal in order to disrupt the communications between this entity and its drones. I mean, even my own telepathic abilities might be able to enable us to do that. I mean, yes, it's been done before. Telepathic interference. Either method might actually work. I think it's worth a shot. We should probably start. Uh, well, first, Captain we may have an idea back here right there, there may were it's only hypothesis at this point but we may be able to with our communications method uh start a recursive feedback loop to disrupt the commands of the drones in order to uh, at least waylay their um attack i like it Let's make it happen, and in the meantime, we'll reinforce the shields and give you as much time as we can. Excellent. As this is going on, I'd like to run, uh, I guess, a quick review of the data that we have on the uh, signal that's being sent between the entity and these demonic creatures that are encircling us, the drones. Mm -hmm. Of the two plans, which one is less likely to cause any harm to presumably all the people that are also being affected by the change in the signal. Yeah. And there's the important thing that you just realized. If you send out a jamming signal and it's too strong, you're going to affect the non-drones. But also if you don't do it enough, it's going to effectively just shut off a few, like it's not going to be fully effective. So you sort of are in a, a moral quandary here. 
do you risk the lives of however many people need to get back on the ship or do you stop the drones before they become a problem could I use my uh, a value to actually introduce a complication? I would certainly allow it. Yeah, hell, I might even give you a compli- I might even give you a determination point for it. That presents another solution. Mm-hmm. If I use my telepathy, born out of the value uh, driven by the forgotten heritage, pure pacifism of the Enar, mm-hmm. such that she advocates for the use of the telepathic interference with the signal, mm-hmm. um, that would put me in mortal peril. It as would. opposed to the uh, the individuals. So I would be better able to tune it using my own telepathic senses. I'd allow it. Which I believe by my count means you have two points of determination, which is going to be extremely important. Also, welcome back, Troll. Hello. Let me guess, Windows update? No, it just shut off. Ah. Well, hopefully it doesn't do it again. No, well, real-life complication. Yeah, real-life complication. There you go. All right, so, Shrev, this is going to be a very difficult thing. This is going to be a difficult U5. I think this is probably either a presence in science, since you are trying to reach out with your mind, or presence medicine or presence command, but I think presence science is probably your best. Um, You do have two points of determination. And... As I said, the difficulty will be a five. Unfortunately, I don't think you get an assist from anyone here um, because you're doing a telepathy. Like, if you were using the ship's comms, that would be one thing. But since it's just you, yeah, I think I think you're going this one solo. Could I argue for Nabok assisting me by monitoring my uh, psilocybin levels and assisting me as too. necessary? Sorry, Peter, I didn't mean to that, take your time. Okay. That's okay. No, you're fine. Um... Yeah, why don't, since Nabok seems to be on a medical bent this episode, Nabok, if you want to roll me a control medicine as an assist. And with trepidation, uh, Shrev will turn in her chair towards the captain. Captain, any technological imposition in this case may imperil the remaining members of, no, the remaining victims of this entity. I believe that I can use my telepathy at some risk to myself to interfere with its contact with them. I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, the captain just sort of absorbs that for a minute, takes, takes a few seconds to kind of really weigh that and consider. It's a risk to my life compared to the risk to thousands. If it makes a difference, Captain, I will do my best to monitor the doctor to make sure that nothing adverse happens. All right, Doctor. You're not Starfleet, so I'm trusting you with this one. Make it happen and come back in one piece. eh? I can promise you the former, Captain. And... She leans back in her chair, her gripping the the handrails or the, the uh, handrests uh, with shuddering hands, and I'll reach out with my mind to try to uh, to jam the signal. Um, I will spend one determination for two free successes, drawing on the value um, 
grappling with her cowardice in that I'm trying to overcome the earlier demanations of my inadequacies um, when we were on the station oh, wow. and attempting to make up for that. And I will give you, it would be four for two dice, five for five. two dice. Five. I will give you five. And what I would tell you is if you do give me five threat, I am going to make the complication range 16 to 20. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, I don't suppose that mental repository would apply here. I don't have time to focus Unfortunately on Unfortunately not, no. Uh, but telepathy. So it was reason and... Uh, Presence and science for you. Presence and science, okay. And Abak, again, you are assisting with control and medicine. Yep, I've had that waiting, so... All right. Well, okay. That Quick is thing. six Quick successes, thing. but um, that's may least... I oh, what you may got? I use um, parent figure my talent mm -hmm. since I am assisting and there's two of us. Uh, the first complication generated on a task may be ignored. Ah, so good news. You get rid of one complication, but I just checked that other zero. That other zero is a complication. So you could either just succeed and have a complication, or you could use your second determination to reroll that zero. That's actually a good question. Um, and if it matters, chat just gave me another evil redeem. So there is already going to be at least one complication. Okay, well then I'll spend determination to reroll those two, and we'll... Hold off on Peter's talent until we see what the results of this roll are, and then we'll probably use it anyways. All right. Uh, so presence and science, 2d20. You can't roll more complications, right? All right, so that actually works. That actually gets you two more successes, and that would be only one complication, which Nabok could ignore. So... You complete the task before the evil redeem comes in. Don't worry, Chad. I'm not uh, not going to take away your little thing there. But what happens, Shrev, is as you reach out with your mind and you try to block out or otherwise override the signal, as it were, what you realize is that you are now feeling that same sort of unease, that same sort of whispering in the back of your mind, only it is amplified a hundredfold. And the longer you stay connected, quote-unquote, the more that amplifies until suddenly you hear a voice. And it is a monotone, constant droning of hunger, 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 over and over and over. And that'll last until you decide to disconnect and stop your telepathy here. But the, deter the complication is going to be that the uh, humanitarian effort, you're going to get a call trawl uh, that says, uh, Sir, wanted to let you know that some uh, some of the patients have gone uh, dead still. They're, they're not moving. They're just sort of comatose, as it were. Are they still showing any life signs? Uh, yes, sir. They are still functioning. They just are not responding to any external stimuli. Continue your efforts and keep me up posted. Roger that, sir. Shrev sitting in that chair, uh, her antenna undulating in uh, clear signs of agony, her brow beginning to beat up with sweat, is just going to grit out, Captain, you, please, quickly. Right. So, um, 
What needs to happen? Sorry, the the connection kind of got no, you're fuzzy fine. for a second. So at this point, there's about and I, I've been doing math here on the side. There's about 200 individuals that still need to be transported and go through the whole medical process of being cured. So you sort of have to make a call here. You either just beam them up and go forego any quarantine procedures. So you're going to have to do decon, et cetera, et cetera. Or you have to tell Shrev to stop, which is going to mean you're going to get attacked. Well, I suppose there's also another option where you could just leave, but somehow I don't think that's something you would consider. Or not. I don't know your character. What if we drive the ship into the planet? Can we... Well, that would introduce yes. a lot of complications. I mean, get them all out of the way, right? Well, out of character, what if we just fired a full spread of photon torpedoes into the ah, ocean bo- following the signal? Yes, like, Shrev says this is a horrible idea and she wants no part of it, but she's not here to complain. That's true. Ah, finally. Got a point. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would say, um, yeah, I, I think um, the captain's um, first impulse would be, you know, uh, decon be damned. Like, just beam them all up and let's get the hell out of here. All right then that is what will happen. So, of course, Trawl, you get a very angry worded letter, or not letter, but message from Rel, but you do see that everybody on the planet that can be cured has become aboard. Uh, showing uh, all 2,000 individuals are on board. Right. Okay. Um, can I still, um, uh, Dr. Sharev can still hear me, right? Like physically. Yes. Okay. Sever the connection, Sharev. We're getting out of here. And you see just the tension released from her body as she collapses down to the chair. Doc's going to go quickly over to her. Are you all right, doctor? I think I will be. Uh, I very much appreciate your support during this uh, of course doctor ordeal. is is there anything that you need right away <laughs> sedative would be very nice all right i pull it out of the kit which i assume i probably have on me for the, this purpose and a little bit not enough to knock you out <laughs> all right kanaf let's get out of here Looking out sir and we see the Kasumi pitch up and sail away back up out of the planet's atmosphere until you are once again above the planet in orbit. And then you realize that you still have the problem of the skyhook. And Sarid, your first officer, says, Now, Captain, I only have been following events but so far, but what do we do about the skyhook? What's our, uh, what's our ranged weapon complement look like? Enough that we could blow it out of the water. Isn't that right, Troll? Especially after analyzing several weak locations on the skyhook itself. Uh, 
Uh, the, the 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 captain will then sort of kind of relax in her chair a little bit and then say, um, kind of to herself. Greedily she engorged without restraint, and you not eating death. Fire away. I'm going to let it happen without a roll. Troll, how many torpedoes do you want to fire? Let's go with a full spread. Full spread maximum yield. Yep. So, of course, from the sort of small section above the deflector dish on the Ambassador class, a barrage of photon torpedoes flies out. The orange glowing spheres slam into the skyhook at weak portions, causing it to buckle. And then as the explosions take it, the skyhook is no more. I may, Captain. We may also want to leave a warning buoy at the edge of this system. My thinking exactly, Chief. Let's prep it. Now then, can we go somewhere where it's not Icarus? Maybe a nice place? Perhaps I hear good things about a planet called Ryza, sir. Ryza. Hmm. It's got to be better than hell. And at that, we're going to have like a few moments of happy Trek music as the Ambassador class Kasumi moves away from the planet and launches out a warning buoy. But since we've still got a little bit of time left to us tonight, I wanted to handle at least one or two scenes that the players have requested. So we're going to move maybe about two, three days later where I believe, Shrev, you wanted to talk to the captain in her ready room, correct? I did, but perhaps we can save that one for next session because I feel like Alex and Peter haven't had as much time. It was very much focused on me at the end. So if okay. you two want to run the scene that you had in mind, I'd be very happy to participate in that or as a viewer. Can I, can I jump on top of that and say, can we do a quick little bit after they go? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So I don't have a, a, a firing range enabled, but it's your standard holodeck fair where it's just kind of a an opaque room where, you know, flashing lights sort of move around and you shoot them with the phaser. What, what we see on TNG a bunch of times. Um, but Troll, you and Nabok and I believe Ensign Rouge are currently in the firing range. So uh, Troll, it is your show. What do they have to deal with? I'd say it's, you know, your basic target practice at this point trawls off to the side letting them do what they need to do though he's standing head in his hand just why are you bracing for recoil when you're firing a directed energy weapon it, I, you mean me or in the box sir you Ensign oh because uh, I used to file, fire bullets on a range when I was a kid. Kind of old habits. Uh, how long have you been in the security division? Uh, this is my first official posting, sir. How long have you been training with a phaser? Uh, as long as it's been in the academy, sir. So... Four years through the academy. This is your first posting, give or take a couple months now. Why are you still bracing for recoil? 
Henson kind of leaves over to the block. I I got nothing. Psychosomatic response. Ah yes, a psychosomatic response, sir. Go for the targets. Literally, sir. Do you want me to shoot them or? No, I want you to throw the phaser at them. <laughs> I'm spending to throw them. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Napak just watches this happen. Phaser flies through the air, hits one of the... It does hit the target, but then it clatters to the ground. Well, that's quite an impressive arm there, Benson. Perhaps oh, yeah, I played bracing... baseball at the academy. I was uh, was part of Red Team, or the Red Squad baseball team. You, you know what I mean. Did you do very well? Did the team win the series? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we got uh, to divisionals. I can see why. But I don't see how that necessarily is going to help you in this particular instance. Not that I'm much to talk, but... And then please go retrieve your phaser. But it's a hot range, sir. I shouldn't move out of the safety zone. The <laughs> only one else here right now is Nibok myself just in the box. Holds his phaser up to like this. Hey, with prop, even nice. So, uh, Ensign goes and picks up his phaser and says, "All right, sir, where am I throwing it next?" You know, we're done. Just go, return it to the charging bay. You got it, sir. And the Ensign departs, leaving the box control to deal with that. The Bach just kind of is watching the ends and walk away, just kind of shaking it. I don't even know what to say about that one. Neither do I. Other than perhaps he should uh, spend a little bit more time in practice. At this point, you're better than he is. That is an unfortunate um, state of affairs. As my phaser skills are um, less than ideal. Oh, after the small incident... You have been rather adept at correcting that. Hopefully it sticks. Oh, can't get much worse. I mean, I could also throw the phaser. If you throw your phaser in my range, I will throw you out of here myself. Well, then let's not do that. I need a drink after that. I'm heading over to... I would five. happily join you in uh, port five. Or five starboard, I think it is. No, you know what? I like port five better. That sounds cool. We're going to roll with that. All right, return your phaser to its charging cradle, and I'll meet you there. All right, Commander. 
see you there. All right. Draw's going to walk off. So, Captain, where did you want to have your bit uh, before we sign off for the evening? Um, I, my assumption is that uh, Dr. Sharev would probably be in med bay for a quick, like, checkup as to her condition post um, contact with Satan, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would like to head down. I would, I would give, um, uh, since Tyrol was at the firing range, I would guess that Sarid would probably have command of the bridge at that point. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so I would give them command of the bridge and then head down to the med bay to speak to uh, Dr. Sharev. And as you walk into sickbay, Captain, uh, Dr. Rell uh, finishes up his medical scan and folds up his tricorder and says, Well, Dr. Shrev, uh, as far as I can tell, you are physically fine. I uh, can't really speak to the mental, but uh, we do have a number of uh, shipboard counselors if you do need to talk to someone. Also, hello, Captain. Hello, Rell. I see that our... Um out of the doctor here is uh, looking uh, right as rain now. How are you I'll, feeling? Um, I'll let you two have a moment, and Rel just sort of shuffles off because he knows he's not wanted right now. Uh, I'm not well, Captain. Well, the uh, the doctor here says you're just fine, so. Um... Am I taking your second opinion? It's a subjective matter, I suppose. One that the doctor is not entirely qualified to assess. I see. And uh, the captain will actually, like, walk over with her cane and, like, sit down next to Sharev on the the med bay. The bed bio bed, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bio bed, yeah. Well, um, I do have a few minutes if you want to um, discuss it. May I ask you a personal question, Captain? She says as she sort of worries her hands together. Oh, uh, of course. I don't know what happened to you and she gestures towards the obvious injury to your leg but what was your recovery like (sighs) maybe you'll appreciate this uh, Shrev Um, I'll use um, a metaphor just for old time's sake I was, I was a bucket with a few nasty holes in it, and I knew I had to get water back in the bucket, and I poured, and I poured, and I poured, and whatever effort I made, however high the level, you know, got, there was always a little bit that was leaking out. It always felt like there was this draining sensation. And it was difficult. I thought genuinely 
that I was I was just going to go dry so to speak that I was um, pushing the the um, mythical boulder up the hill forever but then I realised that it's because I was trying to do it alone I was trying to close myself off. I was trying to be self-sufficient. I was trying to be not a burden. I was trying to be someone who didn't need anything. And it, it occurred to me that that's not the human condition. That's not life. That's not what Trill are like, obviously. That's not what Bajorans are like. And I exist between those two worlds. Exist in a world where... And she kind of gestures at the whole ship, right? Um, this is an act of hope every single day. And that hope is predicated on cooperation and exchange and openness. So, of course, I had to get somebody to come in and slap some tape on those holes, so so to speak. I appreciate you being willing to share that experience with me, Captain. You know that as an Enar, I wasn't actually born blind. I didn't have physical sight, and she gestures towards the ocular implants that are on her temples. I didn't need these. I, as a child, was able to do anything that any other child could. I spent summers at our vacation home. I went out into the forests with my friends. It was, I was normal, but I wasn't normal to my mother. You see, I've learned that there are many different ways of seeing the world, but there are people who don't believe that. That there, there are people who will enforce their view of the world, whether it's physical or otherwise, on others. I went blind when I was eight years old and I got these. It was a, a surgery to give me my mother's sight, something that wouldn't embarrass a proud Andorian warrior. And then I couldn't see. I had to spend a month in pitch darkness, bereft of sight for the first time in my life because of the disruption to my neural pathways. All I had was my chan, my second mother's music, and her company. But laying there in the darkness for the first time, Every sound was amplified, every noise a cacophony, 
because I didn't have sight. It was, it was like every other sense was enhanced, deafening, agony through every inch of my body at just the, the touch of a sheet. And in that darkness, as a child, I felt like there was something there, something that was willing to take advantage of the weakness that my mother so hated and that she imposed on me by, by forcing me to see eventually the way that she did. That darkness was what I felt under the ocean of that planet. Well, Doctor, I won't try to disabuse you of that notion. There are things out there which are beyond our conventional understanding, which are which feel on a on a level akin to your bones wrong malicious sapping some might say evil but you are wrong about this notion you're not weak you never have been you're strong it takes a strong person to put their life on the line for 200 of others who they don't know from Adam, pardon the expression. And part of that is you inside, but the other part is us together. We're a family, we support you. You help us, we help you. And we set an example for the people in this galaxy. Which is why I'd like to offer you a field promotion to Full Ensign. I appreciate the gesture, Captain. I, I'm actually surprised that I truly do. But I'm not a Starfleet officer. I don't. That's your way of viewing the world, Captain. And maybe I haven't respected it enough because of my own lingering sentiments and personal issues. But I do appreciate the opportunity to start learning how to see the world through your eyes. I might not wear those lenses, but I appreciate being able to see through them every once in a while. Fair enough. I tell you what, since you've been cleared by, uh, by the good doctor here, why don't you come down to my quarters? I'll play a little tune. You familiar with the Dave Brubeck quartet? I'm not, but... Um... I do have my uh, razor flute. If you want an accompaniment, I can try to learn. 
I'll bring the sheet music, and you bring the um, the old uh, fingers, and uh, perhaps some Vithy tea and Orion blend. No, hate this stuff. Can't stand oh, it. Well, fair enough. You haven't tried my mother's recipe, though. To be honest, your your mother sounds like a she's, well. Oh, oh no, Captain! That was that was my Shreya. It, who oh, taught oh, me how to yeah. oh, oh, I different see. Right. mother. Right. We, oh, four perhaps. parents, it gets confusing, I understand. Oh, yes, right. Um, right. Well, I'll take, I'll try it. No. I'll give it a go. Right. And on that note, I think that is where we will end tonight's session. So, yeah, what'd you guys think? I, I know it was a three parter just because of how things played out, but uh, was it still enjoyable? I, I felt like. I always worry when things get into three-parters, which is ironic because Congo has its own three-parter coming up. Um, but I don't know. What would what, you guys feel? Was was that engaging or did you guys at least have fun? You know, what, what, what were your thoughts? I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. As did I. I. I had a great time. I felt like I monopolized a little bit there with the, uh, the, telepa- te- the blah, telepathic interference, but... Uh, I, I thought the narrative was compelling completely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I think. I, I, I know you hate I, everything. I know. I generally dislike everything you do, but, um, what about I, you, I Troll? Think... Any thoughts? Hey, I'm not done yet. <laughs> uh, yes, you are. Go away, Hex. <laughs> it's <All> my turn. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, even with it stretching out over three episodes. I think it still kept us all engaged. So the reason I ask is not just because I'm, I'm interested in feedback, but to sort of give you a glimpse behind the screen. So that adventure is in the Strange New Worlds, or at least the first part is in the Strange New Worlds mission compendium. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it does actually call for a shuttle or a ship going into the atmosphere. And you do encounter alien life. But when I looked at that, it was like, oh, you're given, you know, give your players like... 10, 15 minutes to negotiate uh, something where these creatures think the Skyhook's a weapon, they think the Skyhook is trying to kill them, and you have 10, 15 minutes to negotiate all of this in, and I was like, no, that's boring. That, that, I, no. So that's why I went to Magic the Gathering, and I stole from the white color, which, if you didn't figure it already, chat, uh, the creatures were all Phyrexian, or however you actually say it, um, so I sort of took that and I tried to apply it in a way that I thought would work for Trek. So that's, that's sort of what I had going on behind the screen. But yeah. Um, I think next time I'm going to give a little more focus to Troll because I think Troll was a little bit on the, on the, you know, didn't get enough screen time. So I'm going to sure. do my best yeah. to get Troll yeah. some, some more time. Um, but Yeah. I think that's where we're going to end the recording for YouTube, but Twitch, stick around because we're going to raid somebody.